Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, broadcasting from Miami. Man, am I fired up. Sunday, check out Bears Dolphins on Fox. I'll be your sideline reporter. Our fall football tours brought to you by Granger for safety, industrial supplies. Granger's got your back. Visit Granger.com. John Middlecoff will join us. He's a former scout. He hosts the Three and Out podcast. He'll be joining us on the Herd Podcast Network. That's upcoming in 15 minutes. I do want to talk some Pats Chiefs. That's the game of the weekend. That's upcoming on Sunday night. We've got some college football to talk about. I got my picks. Speaking of picks, Jeff Schwartz makes them for 
the Action Network, the former Giants offensive lineman, will be our guest. Uh, two teams that are pretty damn good, but think they're better than their record matchup Sunday. We'll get to that. we got some Odell Beckham Jr. to get to with Mark Schlereth, three-time Super Bowl champion. And, oh yeah, by the way, the New York Yankees shortstop needs Tommy John surgery. What does that mean to Manny Machado, who plays tonight? Dodgers traveling to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers, who I thought and I hoped the Brewers would do that, uh, you know, have an opener instead of a starter, see if they could completely change how we look at playoff baseball. Instead, ho-hum, they'll go with Gio Gonzalez. So you get some baseball. We've got a little bit of hoops with some Jimmy Butler news. A little bit of hoops with some Spurs news as well. It's not good. We got some college football, plus our picks, and a lot of NFL. But let's react to last night. Um, boys, I do believe I picked that one correctly, didn't I? Was I the only one? Did anybody else pick the Philadelphia Eagles? Or actually, I'm not sure if, uh, I, I, I think my analysis was, it, we, were, we were about to wrap up the show, the Eagles will win because they're the Eagles. Yeah, I kind of choked that one. I apologize to you. My, my point was, I, I, I think we've kind of, we kind of lost our way a little bit in looking at the Giants and looking at the Eagles. Yes, the Eagles are facing far more difficult challenges this year than they faced last year. Even though last year they had a substantial number of injuries, this year they don't sneak up on anybody, and they still have some injuries, and they're still kind of figuring things out. But that's a ridiculously talented roster, especially one that's built better up front on both sides of the football, as opposed to the Giants, who were a bad team last year, partly because of injuries, but partly because they just weren't that good. And then you go to the quarterback position, and Carson Wentz in his fourth game back is a better player than Eli Manning. But last night only proves what I told you a year ago. A year ago. A year ago. The New York Giants were 0-5. Into this very same microphone. Okay, maybe not the same microphone this week. I'm in Miami. I just got done meeting with the Dolphins coaching staff and some of the Dolphins players. But a year ago, I spoke into this microphone on my very same show on Fox Sports Radio and told you, hey, if I'm the Giants, I trade Eli to Jacksonville because Tom Coughlin will probably think he's got something left in the tank. They're a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. And the Giants know, like all of us know, that Eli Manning is washed. Now we're a year later. And that's exactly what it looks like. Here's Eli Manning after a disappointing performance. Confidence in myself is good, you know. I know I know I can, we can play. It's just a matter of we got to, uh, we just got to figure out how to be you know more consistent and, and be better on offense. Here's Pat Shermer, his head coach. On no, Eli's I'm not concerned about Eli. Like I said, none of us did anything good enough to win tonight. So uh, uh, Eli is not the only problem. Okay, the offense is a problem. The defense has some problems. Odell Beckham Jr. and the what's what's the excuse? What's the excuse that he had to go back because he was dehydrated? Yeah, if he was dehydrated, if that wasn't a lie, wouldn't there be a trainer with him as he went in the locker room to get fluids? Yeah, it's just, it's not even a good lie. It's just a lie. Anyway, point is very, very simple. Um, there are a bunch of problems that the Giants have. Saquon Barkley's not a problem, but drafting Saquon Barkley when you could have had 
the number one quarterback on most people's boards, and you could have taken him away from the Jets, this has become a problem. And now you're in the position where it's basically a lost season. Basically a lost season. One in five, and you doled out a bunch of money for a, a wide receiver that you already had. And now, once again, you, now you're a quarterback away, which even if you draft a quarterback this next year, you still have to develop him before you're anywhere near competing for a championship. And and this is why, like, public pressure, public pressure, you know, and doing what's popular seems like the right thing to do when you're in a business like football. Eli Manning got pulled. And look, the reason that there was such a revolt is because people said, how can you start Geno Smith? Let me go back through with you through the the chain of events. The top three pass catchers for the Giants were all hurt. They didn't have a good running back. They didn't have a good offensive line. And Eli Manning had shown substantial signs of age. Ben McAdoo, their head coach, called in Eli Manning and said, hey, we still want to start you, but in the second half and in the fourth quarter, we're probably going to take a look at what else we have. And Eli Manning was the one that says, listen, if you're going to pull me, pull me, don't start me. And that's when the Giants caved to pressure. What they should have done then was, if they wanted to start Eli Manning and not trade him, start him. Let him keep his streak. And then work through a little bit of Geno, get Davis Webb going, and eventually work to Davis Webb. Now, the Giants obviously misunderstood the the hatred for Geno Smith, right? Because Geno had become a name which you could not speak in open conversations in New York. Like, Geno Smith is still a, he's a backup in the league. He's a backup with the L.A. Chargers, right? But nobody in L.A. is that bothered by him being a backup with the Chargers. Not that Gino would ever start instead of Phillip Rivers, but he's just there in case. But by most people's estimation, the Giants never wanted to play Geno Smith. What they wanted to do was be very open and very honest with their quarterback and tell him, hey, look, we love you. We're still going to start you, but we got to see if Davis Webb can play. Instead, they did not. They benched him for a game. They started Geno Smith because that's what Eli said. Hey, you're not going to let me finish? Then don't start me. And that's what they did. And so you started Geno Smith. It didn't work out well. One, because he's Geno Smith. Two, because the Giants stink. And three, because Geno Smith's name is not worth its weight in gold in the tri-state area. And then you reverted back to Eli Manning after the relationship was already ruined. It didn't make any sense. None of it made any sense to me. And the only explanation was public pressure. Public perception was you can't start Geno. Public perception is you can't sit Eli. When Jerry Reese had been the general manager and put together a Super Bowl winning team, and he agreed with Ben McAdoo, who had been a quarterback coach with the Green Bay Packers and had been an offensive coordinator with your team, he knew what a championship caliber quarterback looked like, and he thought Eli Manning did not look like that anymore. So instead of going with their opinion, their professional opinion, you know what the Giants did? The Giants did what equates to not having your kids get uh, vaccinated. That's what it is. Ramos, are your children vaccinated? Yes, they are. Of course. Are there dangers with vaccination? 
Sure. The difference, though, is that from polio to smallpox, we've been able to eradicate them from our society because of these shots. And there was some misinformation for years spread by people like Jenny McCarthy, not a doctor, doesn't know anything about medical science, but had read some sort of research and believed it to the point where she thought, hey, my kids aren't getting vaccinated. You know, when your kids don't get vaccinated, you run the risk of not only getting your, getting your kids sick and getting your kids some incurable disease, but also that disease morphing and getting back into society. It, it actually does the opposite of, of the intended effect. And this is not vaccinating your kids because you read something on Facebook, right? Because you heard Jenny McCarthy say something. Because you heard somebody famous say something and it got to be really popular. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to vaccinate my kid. Meanwhile, they can't can't enroll in public school. They can't go on outdoor education. They can't go to camps. Like, you're not vaccinated, dude. You can't go out. You can't do those things. Nobody wants that sort of liability. Say what you want about vaccinations, but those have been tested time and time and time again. And they have slowly but surely taken mercury out of those vaccinations. The Patriots wouldn't do this. I mean, hell, the Patriots last year, they didn't play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. They will do what's right, even if it's hard. I heard from I heard from Jason Whitlock and some of these other people on TV, oh, man, what they did last year in the Super Bowl forever hurt Bill Belichick's legacy with those players. Really? That's not the way I see it. Bill Belichick wouldn't have the legacy he has unless he was the one willing to make the hard decisions. Tom Brady's dad, Tom Brady's dad has come out and said, you know, in previous years, I would guess that Tom Brady, Tom's not, wants to keep playing. He's not gonna be able to keep playing with the Patriots. Why? Because the Patriots, they'd rather trade you or get rid of you a year too early than a year too late. And by the way, have you seen Malcolm Butler play with the Titans? It's not good. What's it Tony Romo said when he officially handed over the reins to Dak Prescott? Football is a meritocracy. You play based upon merit, with the exception of Eli Manning and the Giants. He's playing based upon his his name that he created winning two Super Bowls and his family's name. And instead of having uh, a bright young quarterback in Sam Donald learn behind him and get ready to go, They have a talented running back, a very talented running back. But now they're going to have to start searching for a quarterback and likely not to be drafting at such a prime position in the coming year. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. John Middlecoff is a former NFL scout. Check out his podcast. It's called Three and Out. It's on the Herd Podcast Network. Download that. Download my all-ball podcast whenever you can. Um, Middlecoff, let's start with last night. Is it simply a case of Eli Manning is washed and the Giants need to admit it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the hype on Pat Shermer, you know, he's a nice guy. I've met him a couple times. Good assistant coach. But that Giants job, you know, is probably, if the Cowboys dealing with Jerry is the hardest, Whenever whoever replaces Belichick one day, that job's going to be really hard. But the Giants' job is really, really hard. And then you throw in Odell Beckham, 
and just all his antics, especially over the last six, seven days. Them holding on to Eli, I I think it's a combination of so many things. Eli's the main problem, but I I don't think they would be this bad if they had a better coach. I, I, I heard a lot of people last year, you know, all the coaching candidates that were interviewing were a little hesitant. They are one of the one of the organizations in football where their owner is very, very active. Like you're doing the Miami Bears game. Both those two owners, the McCaskies and Stephen Ross, are not like they have nothing to do with personnel. The mayor's brother, Chris, is part of the personnel department. You know, it's just it's a it's a tough job, and I think you're just seeing the snowball effect of the whole thing kind of you know come to light this season. Uh, okay, so uh, what do you do if you're the Giants? You keep trotting them out there. And what else do you do? Uh, yeah, I guess I, your season's over. Uh, you, you drafted. I, I think he was drafted maybe in the fourth round. Kyle Laletta, the, the small school quarterback. I mean, is that going to change anything? Maybe you go to him, and it's not like Eli has that streak going anymore. How, how long can you continue to go with Eli playing like this? The one thing for Laletta. Watched him a little bit in the senior bowl. He is a good athlete. And you can't be a stationary stiff when your offensive line sticks. Because Eli, he's not playing very well, but he can't move either. And they, ha- they haven't been able to block in a couple years. So, he's I mean, Fletcher Cox was a man amongst boys, and he- Eli had no shot. So maybe you go to the backup. I mean, to me, they look like a team, I don't know, destined for three wins, Max. Yeah, it's it's really, really crazy, the hype, the hype train that's completely gone off the tracks. How would you handle the Odell Beckham Jr. situation? Well, I, I tweeted this last night. When I was working in Philly for Coach Reed, he suspended Deshaun Jackson. And that was a little different. It was like over a contract deal, and Deshaun was not acting right. And then last year with Marcus Peters, he suspended Marcus Peters. But those two times, that, that's unheard of in the NFL, a coach suspending a player. I mean, this league waits for the league to suspend them. You never suspend your best player. Like, does Pat Shermer have the juice to just suspend Odell Beckham next week? Now, is he the problem? No. But they, they need to somehow get a hold of this because they're probably going to have a rookie quarterback next year or a new quarterback. You know, they need to get uh, rein him in a little bit. It might be too late. They, I mean, they knew what they signed up for. And you a high-level guy, not just player because he's a star, but the running back, you know, looks like he was trying to calm him down. I mean, I, I imagine John Mara, Odell became such a big star, he had no choice but to pay him. But it's kind of a problem, you know. I'd probably I'd suspend him this week, you know, just – People will be like, freak out, oh, suspend him, you didn't do anything wrong. I got that a lot. I mean, it's just, you got to rein him in a little bit, or you might as well just say we plan on losing every game. What What are your thoughts now on the Eagles? Granted, some of it is the implosion of the Giants, but it's totally different. Eagles 3-3 three and three as opposed to 2-4. and four. Carson Wentz yeah. made some Carson Wentz-type plays last night as he continues to kind of figure out how to play after that knee surgery. Um, is all okay now with the Eagles? I don't know if it's all okay. They, they don't look quite the same, especially that defensive front is not quite as you know potent as it was last year. But like you said, I mean, they are franchised on the back of the 6'5 redheaded. Just, I mean, he's really, really talented. I know I love Mahomes as much as the next guy, but I think we forgot really how good this guy is. They still have weapons with Ertz. 
with uh, and with Alshon Jeffrey. You know, there was rumors this. Yeah, I think they're going to win the division pretty easily. The, the AFC or I mean, the NFC is just terrible, and their, their general manager is just too active. They'll find a guy for sure. Uh, okay, let's let's get to some of the games this weekend. Pitts, Pittsburgh traveling to Cincinnati. This is a rivalry that the games are close, but recently it's been all Steelers. Uh, the Bengals coming from 17 nothing down to beat the Dolphins last week with the help of two big interceptions. What are your thoughts on Pittsburgh going into Cincy? I think Pittsburgh's kind of right at the ship. I mean, I, I expect them to win. But you got to give Cincinnati credit. They've been playing really well. I mean, to come back last week down big against the Dolphins, now, and they just kind of took that game over in the second half. Their defense looks excellent. Andy Dalton's been playing well. But, I mean, this is this is kind of what the Steelers do. I mean, are, are they going to just kind of feel out of it in, in the middle of October? I, I think they'll find a way to get a win. James Conner's been good. Antonio Brown's hitting his stride. Ben's looked better. Uh, I, I, I feel I'm a little hesitant discounting the Bengals because they're 4-1. They have played good, and they are good on defense. But I, I just – we see it year in, year out. Pittsburgh just finds a way to win these games. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, catching up with John Middlecoff. Three and Out is, in fact, the podcast. John, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, as the offense is still not gotten going, there's, there's fingers being pointed at Scott Linehan, fingers being pointed at Jason Garrett. And some, but not a lot of fingers being pointed at the quarterback position, a lot at the wide receiver position. Are the Cowboys issues fixable? I I mean, I I don't know about you, Doug, but I think they're just a terrible watch. I mean, they they are a snooze fest of a team. Uh, And no, I I really don't. You know what's crazy about the Cowboys is their defense actually isn't bad. They have a good pass rush. You know, their coverage unit, I know, on that final play in the Sunday night game that DeAndre Hopkins just went, you know, nuts. But... Their defense hasn't been terrible. It's, it's their offense, and their receivers are just an embarrassment. Uh, with Jason Witt retired, they don't really have a tight end. You know, you can't, in 2018, you can't depend that much on a running back because it's so easy to stop. I, I think, you know, kind of like the Giants, they're not quite as bad, but they're, they're headed nowhere fast. And you, you continually hear Jerry, and it, it makes sense. You know, Jerry, what's he, late 70s or, you know, 78, 79, 80 years old, like, he, he would pay – there is no amount of money he wouldn't pay for Jason Garrett to be good. Like, he doesn't want to restart a head coach. for You know, Jared can – business deals, all those things he's in control of. But the football team, like, Jerry doesn't know the difference between a curl route and a post or what defense to run. He is very dependent on his coaching staff, and I think that's why he's been so loyal over the years. You know, he wants them to be so good because he can't do anything. You know, he can't control that. And – Especially the last several years, he's not even that as involved with personnel anymore. He lets his son do it. So I, I don't think Jason Garrett's going to get fired, first of all, at the end of this season. I, I think they'll run it back, as crazy as that sounds for Cowboys fans. And I, I really think they're headed probably not as bad as the Giants, but I don't know, six wins max. Um, Tampa Bay taking on Atlanta. Atlanta's still banged up. Devontae Freeman's not going to play this week. And Tampa's coming off a bye and uh, it seems like it, it's kind of a now or never for Jameis Winston. Can it be now? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you probably watched that game a couple weeks ago against the Bears, getting ready for the Bears game this weekend. I mean, that was as gutless of an effort as, as you'll find. Uh, I, I don't know. That that team has been really off since the hot 2-0 start. 
they, they do have good players. I mean, Mike Evans is an absolute monster. I, I, the moment that Uber story came out, I'm completely out on Jameis. Uh, I don't expect much, but they are playing a team that, you know, just has countless injuries. That's in absolute shambles. But the one thing that the Falcons can still do is they can put up touchdowns and throw the football. You know, Calvin Ridley's had a big year. Julio hasn't really, I don't even think he scored a touchdown, but he's been really good. Uh, and, and Sanu, that, I don't know, I mean, I, I think the Falcons find a way. They just better coaching staff, better quarterback. Uh, I, I don't like Tampa at all. Uh, Julio Jones has not had a receiving or rushing that's touchdown. Pretty, I mean, that's you, a crazy stat. It is a crazy stat. It is a crazy stat. Um, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I look at, at Baltimore, I'm kind of scratching my head. And there are times in which they look like the best team in the AFC, and there are times to which, you know, I watched them last week, and uh, they get dismantled by the Browns' defense. What do you make of them as they go in and take on a Titans team that's licking their wounds, losing to the Bills? I don't know. You know, that's, that's, that's a really hard game to pick because a couple weeks ago the Titans get an incredible overtime win against the Eagles, and then, you know, last week they lose to the Bills. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens got so much hype, and they go into Cleveland and they lose in overtime. And they just look anemic on offense. I, I think I heard a stat. They haven't scored a touchdown since, like, seven quarters ago. And they started the first, you know, three and a half games. They were really good on offense. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the Ravens, their defense travels. Flacco is, you know, the, uh, the rich man's version of Eli <laughs> if he plays well. They can beat anyone, but you just never know what version you're going to get. And, you know, say what you want. I mean, John Harbaugh, the owner, said this offseason that if they don't make the playoffs, he thought about firing them last year. So, I mean, he's coaching for his job. I, I, I would probably lean the, uh, the Ravens, but the Titans kind of like the Ravens. I mean, I, both these teams could easily make the playoffs, and both of them might not get the 500. I mean, I, I think those are two of the, the more bizarre, hard-to-pick on a week-to-week basis teams in the NFL. All right, Bears come a week after a week off. They got a dynamic defense. Plus, they got Matt Nagy, who of course comes from Kansas City, and no one's better after a week off after the bye week than Andy Reid, his mentor. Take it on a yep. Miami team that found a way to cough up by seventeen nothing lead because Ryan Tannehill uh, threw threw two picks, and uh, you know obviously a tough way to lo- lose a football game. Uh, what do you like? Look, I don't. I never bought into Miami when they're three and zero. But I also don't think they're as bad as the results would tell you the past two weeks. Where are you on Miami as they get ready for Chicago? Yeah, I'm with you. They're, they're definitely not as bad as they played. You know, you take out that New England game. That New England just absolutely killed them. And last week the game snowballed them. Uh, when you look at their roster, I mean, they don't have that many premium players. But those first three weeks they just played really well as a team, and Tannehill did a really good job. Now the last two weeks, you know, especially last week, the defensive line for Cincy just took over. Well, that's a problem when you're playing the Bears because Khalil Mack's the defensive player of the year so far this season. Akeem Hicks is a monster. Roquan Smith's playing really well. Fangio's one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. I'm biased. I mean, Matt Nagy's my guy, uh, but I, I think they're really good. Now, is Trubisky going to throw six touchdowns every game? No. But they do have players on offense with Allen Robinson, Trey Burton. The two running backs are good. And like you said, Matt Nagy has apprenticed for Andy Reid for nine years. So he knows exactly the drill, this, what you do in a bye week. And for whatever Andy does in his office over the bye week, it has been proven that it works. So I would expect some big-time wrinkles. 
I, from a betting standpoint, to me, the Bears are the lock of the week. I think they come out and just destroy him. Uh, I will tell you that Adam Gase told me one thing in our meeting with him today, which I found, uh, and he said it with kind of a, a smile on his face. He's like, you know, I, I said, how are you going to handle Khalil Mack? He's like, my our goal, honestly, is to make it so that Khalil Mack never wants to play the Dallas, the, the Miami Dolphins ever again. We're going to chip him. We're going to cut him. Doug, like, what are you, are you triple teaming him, chipping him? Like, Khalil doesn't care. You know, like you can send tight ends at him. He just tosses them to the side. And the other thing with the Bears is they got a bunch of other good defensive linemen. So right. you can triple team them and do all that stuff, and teams do. But you got other guys you got to block. That's what makes their defense. I mean, I don't know if it's elite, but it's it's darn good. No, no question. I'm I'm just relaying. No, what, I know. And I, you know, I like what, what he I'm said. Glad and... Adam Gates, because last year he kind of got crushed. I, I have people I know friends that have worked with him. He's a high level guy. So maybe I'm discounting the doll. You're selling me now. You know how those meetings get. Whenever you meet with a coach, you're like, yeah, this guy's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I thought I thought I thought he was I thought he was great. We'll meet with uh, Nagy Nagy tomorrow. Anything you want me to ask him? No, just just tell him uh, tell him Middlecoff says what's up. Um, all right, I'll tell I'll tell him you were talking all kinds of trash about him. Okay, the game of the week: Chiefs taking on the Pats. How do the Pats contain all that speed? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're DBs. The last time they played a really potent offense on Sunday Night Football it wasn't Monday Night Football when they played the Lions. They looked terrible. Now Belichick treats. You know, September kind of is the preseason, but let's, let's not forget, I mean, these two teams played last year in New England. Now, granted, it was week one, and Tyreek Hill was running wild, Kareem Hunt was running wild, Travis Kelsey was running wild, and this guy that's playing quarterback for can throw the ball farther. So it's, I, it's just, you know, sometimes you just have bad matchups. Like there are certain people, like the NBA, the Timberwolves and the Celtics have just been a bad matchup for the Warriors. You know, just certain teams, just, they can't guard Carl Anthony Towns. The Celtics have a bunch of good athletic guards. I got it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, it's just a bad matchup for New England. And I, I love Brady, I love Belichick, but I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know what they do to contain these guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, we, this is this sounds a lot, uh, Ryan Music's up, my producer, Ryan. Doesn't this sound exactly like the conversation you and I had before the show? Ryan's nice. like, yep. Ryan's like, yeah, but they're in New England, and it's Belichick, and I'm like, that's great. You tell me, like, they just have, they don't have good enough players, and yeah. and Kansas City has a legit quarterback. Now, I, I mean, mean, I think Ty Law and Teddy Bruschi ain't walking through that door. You know, they just they just don't have personnel, and Belichick's you know arguably the greatest coach any sport ever. But what's he gonna? He can't cover Tyreek Hill. I mean, that guy runs like ninety miles an hour. There's nothing you can do. It's, it's fascinating. John Middlecoff, 3 and Out is, in fact, the podcast. Download it, um, and you'll enjoy it. You'll laugh. You'll chuckle. Plus, follow him on Facebook. He has some great posts there, especially right after the games. John, thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks, Doug. Enjoy South Beach. Have a good weekend. Uh, Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Lots of people say they want to be a leader. I want to be a leader. Oh, okay. Anybody can be a leader when you're winning. That's that's not hard. Anybody can lead a company. And you take over a company that's on an upper trajectory and you're like, this is cool. How do you fix things when they're going wrong? Right? That's the sign of true leadership. Can you maintain your core values, whatever they are? Can you maintain your relationship? Can you maintain your poise? Can you find a way to fix the problem working together collectively, especially when it's not your fault? Like 
it's it's kind of easy to fix it when it's your fault. You're like, hey, I just got to do better. But it's it's more than that, especially when it's other people's fault. Odell Beckham Jr. is a perfect example of that. There is nothing wrong with his performance. Nothing. And he wasn't technically wrong. Technically wrong for what he said in his interview with Lil Wayne. Um, but um, it's really important, really important to point out that um, it's a lack of leadership. Leadership and maturity. When Odell Beckham Jr. is headbutting a fan on the side, and I don't mean a fan, a person, but an actual big fan on the side of the football field and throwing a tantrum and walking off the field before the half is even over, you're like, here we go again. Here we go again. You know, how many times do we have to see this? But here we go again. I almost feel like he's taking lessons from Jimmy Butler. The bigger the ruckus you cause, the more you're going to get your way. Jimmy Butler wants out of town. Odell Beckham Jr. probably wants another quarterback. I'm not even saying OBJ is wrong. Um, I'm not saying what he did was wrong. What I'm saying is you can't do it and be a leader. Right? To be a leader, you have to be the one that when things are going poorly, instead of throwing a tantrum, you go up to Eli Manning and put your arm around him. You go and smack him on the backside. You go encourage him. That's what leaders do. I played for um, Herb Brown in two different events. Herb Brown is the brother to Larry Brown, and they, they sound alike. They look alike. They talk alike. He's been a head coach in the NBA. And one of the things that he taught me, and this is when I was, I think, 19, that was the first time I played for him, I played in a tournament in Israel, was you'd throw a pass to a guy and he'd drop it, and he'd say, you need to say my bad. And you're like, why? It's clearly his fault. Like, everyone knows it's his fault. But if for one second he thinks, well, maybe it is, maybe, maybe it's not all my fault. Maybe he threw it to me a little bit too hard. Or maybe a fan thinks it that way. You just say my bad. It takes some of the pressure off the guy who's making the mistake. So you just say my bet. Well, what is not my bet? Doesn't matter. That's what leaders do. And I think it's pretty amazing that the I mean, this, there's there's just like a series of mistakes from last year when they had an opportunity to play Davis Webb and they did not, to then fire Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo, who both agreed <clears throat> that Eli Manning was over the hill. They had a chance to trade away Eli Manning early on in the season when their season was clearly beyond the point of recovery. They didn't do it. Then you hired Dave Gettleman, who did a good job when he was in Carolina. He he did a good job. Hey, but Dave Gettleman (laughs) drafted Christian McCaffrey. Dave Gettleman was a guy who he wanted wanted to fix it short term. Instead of getting down to the root of the problem, they could have ended the Jets and started their next legacy, and they didn't do it. They coupled it with, after tinkering with the idea of trading Odell Beckham Jr., giving him a new contract before he ever played through a game, let alone any adversity. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mark Schlereth, three-time Super Bowl champion, NFL on Fox analyst. He'll be on the call for Rams-Broncos, which I believe is snowy, blustery Denver. Now, you live in Denver, so please don't go with the, well, it'll be Sunday. It'll be 70 the next day. Is it going to be cold and snowy in October? Well, it's it's 64 and sunny right now. So, yeah, I mean, you never know what you're going to get in Denver. It's always it's a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, man, all the time. All right, we'll get to that game in a second. What's your reaction? What went wrong for the Giants last night? Well, I mean, you know, one, Eli, honestly, come on. I mean, I... I don't want to be disrespectful, but you say that, and then you're disrespectful, right? Right. right, right, right. Looks like you're, he looks like he retired and didn't tell anybody, um, which, you know, I think happens to most of us at the end of our careers. It looks like not that he's uninterested. He's uninterested in being hit. Offensive line problems, um, as they've had for years, not only protecting Eli, but um, everything else, and you know, I mean, Saquon Barkley looks like the real deal. He's very, very exciting. Uh, he's, you know, maybe one of the most exciting players on the planet. That's still just good enough uh, when your quarterback is not playing well and, and you don't have an offensive line to protect him in pass pro. That's just good enough to, you know, to get you beat and so or get you smashed. So that's where we are right now with the New York football giants and plus all the drama and infighting and, you know, all the other garbage. Um, and I called a Giants game last year and had former Giants that were there and different people on their staff tell me it's the most dysfunctional they've ever seen the Giants in the history of the New York Giants. And, and here we sit, you know, uh, second verse, same as the first, because it looks just about as dysfunctional this year as it did last year. I don't, I don't, I didn't understand the time. I understand what is rumored. And I especially don't understand now why they gave Odell Beckham Jr. the money. Not because he wasn't, but before they saw how he handled adversity, right? There's like, there was no rush. He was under contract, whatever. Like, make him show that he can handle when things don't go well. Now he's not handling it well. I agree with you wholeheartedly on Eli Manning. It's like watching Jason Kidd uh, when he couldn't make a layup in the playoffs. Like, he's done. So what do you do with the Odell Beckham Jr. situation if you're running the Giants? Well, I mean, one, you don't pay wide receivers you don't make them the highest paid guys on your team they you know in a in a league of dependent positions come on let's face it there's no quarterback that can have success if if he's sacked all the time if he gets hit all the time um you know there's no receiver that can have any success if um if the offensive line can't protect the quarterback can't get him the ball i mean and wide receiver is the most dependent position in football, I, I defy you to tell me and show me the wide receiver that led his football team to a world championship. Like, if it hadn't been for that guy, they would have never won a world championship. And, you know, I mean, maybe you can make an argument for, for Jerry Rice because he was that good. But come on, you had Joe Montana and you had, you know, Roger Craig. Steve Young after that, Roger Craig. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I mean, you had really good players and really good football teams. So um, I just, like paying a, a wide receiver that much of your salary cap, I just think is a mistake. I do, I do too. But again, so what do you do? What do you do? You now the contract is signed, the ink is dry. How mm-hmm. do you how do you handle it? Yeah, I mean, you've gone down that road. When when is it, when can you get out? I mean, 
how long how long do you have to hold on to it? Like, when is there? Because every contract in the NFL is about a three year deal before there's options to get out of the thing. So, at what point do you get out of it? Because you know, I mean, bottom line is you signed a guy that lacks emotional maturity, has yep. has shown that he has no emotional maturity and and never has. And you know, he can talk a good game about how he's going to change and how. You know, it's going to be different this time. But the bottom line is he has yet to show emotional maturity. He hasn't shown it, and he didn't show it again yesterday. So, I mean, I don't know how – I don't know what's going to change. Probably nothing. Um, unless you get to the point where you're a super dynamic offense, um, dump all your defensive players, get great offensive players, get a new quarterback, and uh, and just feed him the ball. Because, you know, most – like, I get to the point where guys like that to me – as long as they get numbers, they don't care if they win or lose. As long as they get numbers, they're happy. You know, I, I, you know, are you are you upset? And are you causing a scene if you're getting you know 190 yards and three touchdowns and you're still losing by 30? No, you're probably celebrating. And that's that to me is a selfish player. All right, uh, let's get to your game. You have the Rams taking on the Broncos, and for people who don't haven't watched Mark Slayworth when he does a game, does some great film prep and really kind of teaches you not just what you're seeing but why you're seeing it. When you watch the Rams on tape, and I know they've got some injuries in the defensive backfield, um, how how impressed do you walk away? Oh, you, you can't help but be impressed with them. I, I think there's a couple of things. They'll give you so much kind of eye candy, that east-west motion, the jet motion, the handoffs on the wide. You know, they'll run jet motion, then they'll run a screen off the backside. Jet motion, they'll, you know, run a reverse off of it. They, I mean, it's so – I mean, there's so much to look at, Doug. But the bottom line, they run all that east-west stuff to get you playing on your heels to make your eyes undisciplined so they can jam Todd Gurley down your throat. The other thing that they do is they are great at attacking not only guys in coverage, but zones in coverage. So they will run layered route concepts where they have a, a low, medium, intermediate route, and a deep route. And they will eat you alive because they have five guys up front that can sit there and block you one-on-one, five across the board. So they're not afraid. So they absolutely flood zones. And then they put one player in a quandary, one player that says, you know, if you're a curl-flat defender – they basically they basically target you and say, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to play with depth, take away the intermediate route. Well, we'll dump it to Todd Gurley, and now he's going to have an eight yard running head start on you, and you're a DB. You know, good luck. I hope that works out for you. Or if you run up to play Todd Gurley in the flat, now they dump it over your head to Cooper Cup, and he's running for 26 yards. You know, that's the bind they put you on in in a consistent basis, and a lot of it has to do with they got five guys up front they can lock you down. And so they are uniquely built that way. They base out of three wides. They never get out of three wides. They don't change personnel. They just put you in a bind all the time. And you, you mentioned the guys up front. I think that's the least dis- discussed part about them. When you watch Jared Goff and his ability to step into throws, no one has that kind of time in the NFL. Their offensive line, probably the most underrated part about them is their offensive line. Is that a fair point? No, I think it's a great point because how often do you see a team being able to completely spread you and say, we can go five one-on-ones. You know, we can get three guys into one, into one area, three guys into one zone, and we can hold up because from a pass protection standpoint, we're not afraid of you. That's, that really is who they are. They're great at running the ball. They play physical, a physical brand of football. You know, Sean McVay, for all the credit he gets, and he gets, deserves a lot, 
for being able to use these spread concepts and getting guys wide open and finding matchups um, based upon the defense you're playing. And he's great at it. You know, he is, he is so committed to running it down your throat. I mean, that's really at its core what they want to do, and they just put you in a bind. And that, that group up front, those five up front, do a phenomenal job in both aspects of running the football and protecting their quarterback. Mark Slayer joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I wasn't a buyer into the, into the Broncos early in the season, and that obviously has come back to work my way. What's the likelihood they pull off the upset Sunday in the snow? Well, I think, I mean, obviously, if they're able to do it, um, it's going to take a lot of pressure. Right now, you know, Vance Joseph, um, he, he just feels like dead man walking. It feels like they've already made plans um, to dump him. Like, and, and, you know, that's part of this business. I mean, it's, it's, as my friend Clint Hurdle used to say, uh, it's not a try-hard league, it's a do-good league. And right now they're not doing very good. And so you can feel the writing on the wall there, but this will go a long way into rectifying what's going on. You're going to see some changes. They have, they have tried to base recently out of three wide receiver sets, and they have been horrible. Um, I think you're going to see them play a lot of old-school, old-style, back-in-my-day football where they base out of two backs and a tight end, two tight ends and a back. That's what you're going to see this weekend, and they're going to try to protect their offensive line because they have, unlike the Rams, they cannot get in third down in long situations because they can't hold up. Um, their left tackle has really had troubles. Their right guard has had troubles. So you're going to see them play kind of old-style, old-school 1990s football this week against the Rams, and they're going to try to keep that offense off the football field. Last thing, uh, Kansas City goes into New England. Can you see a path for New England? It feels like a bad matchup from the speed of Kansas City going up against the New England Patriots. Yeah, well, the Kansas City is a bad matchup for everybody because um, they are, as Chris Harris Jr. explained to me today, they are um, a mixture, a really perfect mixture of, like, of the Oregon Ducks and um, and then like an old school NFL team. He's like, they are really, they're crazy the way they play football and the different looks they give you. So there's this. Uh, there's this perfect amalgamation of old school football running the ball and doing those things. And like I said, the Oregon Ducks kind of uh, pure college spread offense. So they make it really hard on you. The speed, I'm 100% with you. The speed is unbelievable. But, you know, it's the New England Patriots in New England. They seem to always have a way to deal with Andy Reid and the, uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs, um, at least as they get rolling. You know, early in the season, the last couple of years, um, it's been a it's been a mismatch several different times, but they always seem to have a good plan. So we'll see exactly how that goes down, Doug. But uh, Kansas City's are, Kansas City is tough to deal with. There's no question. Great stuff from Mark Schlereth, three time Super Bowl champion. You can hear him on the call of the Rams taking on the Denver Broncos. Stink. Thanks for being our guest. Appreciate it, my man. My pleasure, brother. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.